diligently. And Lord, we know that you'll add to the church daily such as should be saved. Lord, you ask of us to plant and water, and God giveth the increase. And so, Lord, we're asking tonight that you would just help us as we go out. And maybe some of the folks that are here tonight, Lord, even have someone else on their mind, some other family on their mind, some individual, uh, Lord, that uh, could be in the house of the Lord this coming Sunday. And so, Father, I pray mightily that you would just work in the hearts of the folks that are here tonight. But Lord, even those that we're thinking about and praying about and asking, Lord, that you might bring them to church. And uh, Father, if they're unsaved, that they would trust Christ. If they are saved, Father, that they would make further wise decisions, uh, Lord, in their Christian life. If they've been unbaptized, uh, Lord, that they might get baptized. Lord, if they're saved and baptized and just not going to church, that, Father, you'd help them to make that decision to really get involved in the house of the Lord. And, Lord, we do ask that you would help us here at Calvary just to have the right kind of spirit, right kind of attitude, help to maintain a, uh, a good heart, Lord, an encouraging heart. And, Lord, just to encourage those that are out there. And, Lord, there's a lost and dying world out there that needs Christ. And so, Lord, help us to have compassion on them. And, Lord, we love you for it and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before I get into the message tonight, I want you to write this down. I'm going to preach a message on Sunday morning. Uh, for Easter. It's called Weightier Matters, Matthew 23, 23. And Brother Engel was here. He alluded to that verse, and God has used that in my life to prepare a message for Easter Sunday. And so I want you to write that down, maybe read it and pray over it, Matthew 23, 23. And uh, just read over that verse several times and ask the Lord to give your pastor some wisdom, because uh, I sure enough need it. Amen? <laughs> and so pray about it if you would. As we look at this particular verse here in the book of Mark, uh, we know it's about the feeding of the 5,000, and uh, Jesus is uh, on the scene here, and uh, he is out, and, and as he walks around, and Jesus, uh, when he came out, he saw much people. How many of you have been out and realized there's crowds all around you sometimes? Uh, we were at the mall the other night. Uh, we had to go down to Columbus, and on the way back, we stopped at a mall. Uh, there, and I was just looking around at just the enormous numbers of people around you. And so Jesus saw much people, but when he saw them, notice what happened to him. And this is not something that you can see outwardly in a person, but when he saw the multitudes, when he saw much people, what happened inside of him? He was moved with what? Compassion. Now, sometimes we just want to know that we're going to make a difference in the world. Anybody ever been there like you really want to know you're making a difference? And uh, I've been to the place at times where I thought, I wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if I'm making a difference. And, uh, you know, uh, of some have compassion. What does the Bible say? Making a difference. And so God tells us that we can have compassion, and through compassion we can do something. What is it? Make a difference, can't we? And so Jesus, here, he sees a multitude of people. And what happened to him? He was moved with what? Compassion. And so God tells us that, yes, we can have an impact on people. You know, and think about how many things we're passionate about, how many things you get very passionate about or compassionate about. But is it always the right stuff that you're so passionate about? I talked to my dad the other day. I finally have convinced him to be a Republican. And uh, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, I've got him watching Fox News, and I guess something came on, and he didn't like the tone of it based on what they were saying about our president, because he loves our president now. And, uh, <laughs> and so he said, I was so mad, I was ready to pick up the television and throw it out the window. And I was like, man, Dad, <laughs> that's pretty passionate, isn't it? And I said, what happened? Oh, you know what they're saying about our president? And man, he was wired. And I was like, Dad, you know, throwing the TV out isn't going to change anything, right? And he goes, yeah, I kind of figured that. It would cost me a lot of money, too. And, uh, and uh, so, but we can get passionate about the wrong things sometimes, can't we? Have you, have you ever watched a newscast and you start getting upset just watching the news? You're watching something, you're thinking, how stupid is this? I mean, you just want to get inside the screen and say, look, stupid. And, uh, I mean, you just get angry. You get very passionate about something. And here, when you think about this, when we have compassion, uh, we are not, uh, you know, cold. We're sympathetic. We care. We're empathetic, right? You're not cold to something. You're concerned about it. And so much so that what God says when we have compassion, it's, it's, it's that you are moved in a, in a way of genuineness, a kindness, a, 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 a kind of consideration, a care that you want to provide. And so when Jesus was moved with compassion, notice why. They were a sheep not having a what? When you look at the lost world, remember that. They are a sheep without a shepherd. They need somebody. And you say, uh, well, they don't care. I know they don't know sometimes that they even need the shepherd. But the fact is, as Jesus was moved with compassion, do you think every person there thought to themselves that uh, they needed one? No, not at all. They didn't even really care. But the fact is, is that he cared and he had compassion. Now, when Jesus was moved with compassion, all of the characteristics were demonstrated by him. And I got to thinking about Christians when you're filled with compassion, the thing that I think ought to move us is that we ought to be willing to then minister to the lost. And you think about this crowd that day. Was everybody saved that was there? Obviously not. But he was still moved with what? Compassion, care, concern. A sheep having no what? Shepherd. I want you to know the lost are a sheep having no shepherd. <laughs> they don't have a shepherd. And they need Christ. And so God then intends for us, as, as his children, as, as a child of God, to be a people that will draw them in and show them the good shepherd. Now, I think about maturing in my Christian life. And I was just talking to somebody about when I first got saved, some of the dumb things that I would do. I still do dumb things, but these were really dumb in the beginning. But the mature Christian has the Lord to turn to, don't they? Think about who we really have in our time of need. And, and, and I don't know how people handle it without the Lord. And so what Jesus says here is that they were a sheep having no shepherd. And he began to teach them. He didn't say, ah, they're stupid. Who cares? They, they don't care, so I don't care. No, he was moved with compassion. He saw a sheep having no shepherd. And he said, now I need to teach them. And notice what it says. He taught them how many things? Many things. You look at what he says. He said, I taught him many things. And so I thought as a mature Christian, a couple of things that I think we have responsibility for is, first of all, we need to reach people. I think we have that personal responsibility. I think we need to reach people. So you know the list I gave you and asking you to maybe invite folks or hand out a track or what have you. The reason I'm doing that is because I believe God has given us, the church, 
a personal responsibility to invite people to his house, to invite people to learn about the good news, to invite people to hear the message of the gospel. And I, and I believe we are responsible for that. We have a responsibility to invite them. He said, one planteth, one watereth, but God giveth the what? Increase. We're in the planting and watering business. We are farmers. And we need to be doing our farming. We need to be planting and watering. And one day, God will give forth the what? The harvest. He'll bring it. He'll give the increase, won't he? And so that bounty will come. And so I want you to think about not only reaching people, but when you do it, have some compassion. People aren't like us sometimes, are they? They're different. I, I mean, I went into the mall, and I'm certain that I saw hair colors that I had never seen before in my life. And, you know, you remember people used to wear tie-dyed shirts. I saw tie-dyed hair the other night. And I thought, wow, it's pretty amazing. I mean, just on the brink of clown, you know, all you had to do was put the red nose on. But the thing of it is, is this. They need Christ, don't they? Amen. They need Christ. They don't need colored hair to change. They need real change. And so we need to look past that. Do you think when he had compassion on the multitude that he looked past who they were? He looked beyond their fault. We just played this on Sunday morning. He looked beyond their fault and saw their what? Their need. And that's what we have to do. We can't like get someone in our mind and go, ain't no way they're getting saved. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm not the guy that would have went to the madman of Gadarena. Say amen. I wasn't going up on that hillside. That guy's nuts. He's running around. He's screaming. He's cutting himself. I mean, he's running around nude. I mean, come on. Who wants to go to that person? But Jesus did. And then he said when he led him to himself, when he brought him to God, when he reconciled him, he said that this man was clothed and in his what? Right mind. If we want to see people in their right mind, they need to get saved. And so having compassion and then teach the truth. Here's what I want to challenge you as a Christian. Don't be afraid of what this says. I think sometimes we are. We're afraid to tell people what this says. I explained someone to, uh, to someone the other day that they were actually a fornicator. I said, you're involved in fornication. Do you understand that? And, and, and so I didn't want to back off because I know what the Bible says. And I began to explain to them what God says about that. And when you're involved in fornication, you're in a physical act with someone outside of the realm of marriage. <laughs> and you're involved in fornication. And I began to explain to them, this is what they're involved in. And how that goes against God's standard. Now they tell me they're a Christian. Are you with me? They tell me that they're a Christian, but they're going against God's what? Standard. Now I let them know God's a forgiving God. But he doesn't want you to keep going back and dipping in the pool, right? He wants you to stay out of it. <laughs> And so because he forgives doesn't mean that I let him forgive and then go back. No, I need to teach them the truth. Amen. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is what, folks? Truth. It's truth. Don't be afraid to teach people the truth. By the way, we may feel uncomfortable about it, but my God isn't because he wrote it. Amen. And if God wrote it and said, deal with this, we ought to deal with it. Amen. Now, consider this tonight. The first responsibility I think we have is to reach people, and I think we have opportunities provided to us daily. There's not a single solitary person in here that probably hasn't run into somebody today that maybe you don't even know. And so what has God provided you today even? Has he provided you an opportunity to hand a tract to someone or to invite them to the Easter service? 
Has he given you that chance? Has he given you that opportunity today? Has someone come across your path that maybe you do know and you're thinking, well, I don't, I don't know if I want to invite them. I, I don't quite like the way the foyer looks right now, so I don't want to invite them to church. Don't do that. Invite them to church. If they get saved, they won't care what the foyer looks like. Amen? Amen? They're not going to care what the parking lot looks like. They need to get saved. And so what it is is that we need to start inviting. We have opportunities around us all the time. And you say, well, who are they, Pastor? Well, they're family, they're friends, they're acquaintances, they're neighbors, they're coworkers. Amen? And today, I got to Firehouse Subs today, by the way. And by the way, it is good. And uh, I didn't go the whole 12. I only went eight. So, but the thing of it is, down there, there, and the lady who was serving us was very vocal and talking to us and very open, very kind. And she came over to the table, and Mrs. Warnick pulled out the Easter track and said, Hey, listen, we're going to have an Easter service this Sunday at 1030. And you know what? Uh, for your kindness, I'd love for you to come. That wasn't hard at all, was it? And so what it is, is that there's always opportunity, isn't there? It doesn't matter where we are. You can invite folks to come. Who are these people? I mean, they're all around us. They could be customers. They could be clients. They could be anybody you can imagine. And listen, you say, well, how do you do it? You just strike up a conversation with them. You say, well, what do you talk about? I don't know. Whatever they want to talk about. I mean, I'll talk to you about anything. <laughs> Even if I don't know anything about it, I'll tell you, I don't know anything about it, but I'd love to hear it. Just if I think I'm going to get a chance to tell them about Jesus, I could care less if they're talking about widgets. If they want to talk about widgets and tell me all them widgets go together, that's great. That's amazing. But you know, can you imagine that God gave you the mind to put those widgets together? And we can get on a spiritual conversation, amen? Hey, when he was with the woman at the well, how did it start? It was over a glass of water, wasn't it? It was over a cup of water. It was over a drink of water. It was over a glass of what, folks? A glass of water. A glass of water got him into a spiritual conversation with an unsaved woman, a prostitute. She wasn't like him, but he was able to lead her to Christ, wasn't he? And so as I share that with you, God puts multitudes of people in our path. And here's the thing. Let the Holy Spirit move upon your heart. Let him motivate you. Hey, let, uh, listen, be not drunk with wine, whereas in excess would be filled with the what? Spirit. Ask God to fill you with the Spirit when you go out. Tonight, tomorrow. Uh, by the way, I went over to McDonald's. Remember I told you, whoever goes over to get a Big Mac? I went over to get a Big Mac the other night. Miss Kathy, uh, shh, plug your ears. And Erica was there. I see Erica at McDonald's all the time. All the time. She's always there. And I thought, why have I never invited Erica to come to church. Why have I never done it? And I, I said, I can't do this anymore. And I went up, I pulled the track out, and I said, Erica, every time I come here, you're here. She goes, I know it feels like it. She said, but we do kind of have hours. But I said, we must be on the same schedule. Because every time I come, I see you. And I said, where I'd like to see you? And I found out she didn't work Sunday. <laughs> and I said, Erica, I tell you where I'd like to see you on Sunday. Why don't you come over and visit with us? And she said, thank you. And, 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 you know, she couldn't stay. She's got the headset on, you know, like the, you know, do, do. You know, everybody's coming up wanting their cheeseburger. So, but just take a moment. Look around you. There are people all around us. And God wants us to reach people. 
People are everywhere, and not everybody's like us, and we all have different backgrounds. We all have different upbringings. We're all different, folks, and God is no respecter of persons, amen? It doesn't matter what their background is. And you say, well, preacher, what if they're gay? What if they're a homosexual? Win them to Christ. They'll move away from it, I promise you. And the thing of it is, is that reach out to people. Just because they're not like us doesn't mean they can't get saved, amen? If he can win the madman in Gadarenus, if he can talk to a prostitute at the well, amen? If he can talk to a religious leader uh, like Nicodemus in the night, are you with me now? How many different social statuses are we talking about? If he can talk to uh, a, a public, if he can talk to Zacchaeus, a tax collector, who else can we reach? I think he tried to show us it didn't matter what your social status is, it doesn't matter what your background is, and it doesn't how, matter even if you're a mental case. Because that madman in Gadarenus was crazy. Go read, the, go read the account. That guy was nuts. And Jesus went up there to win him. And the thing of it is, God's just looking for us to reach some people. Jew, Gentile, red, yellow, black, white. I want, I want you to write these two verses down. You don't have to turn to them, but please write these down. I want you to see this. You say, preacher, are, are you really meaning just anybody? Yeah, because Revelation 5, 9 and Revelation 14, 6 really provides some, some groundwork for me on this. And, and, and here's what it says. And they sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every, now listen to this, kindred and tongue and people and nation. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. Now, if he says that in Revelation... What, are we, what is he trying to tell us? There is a nation, there is a people, there's a tongue. Maybe we're not familiar with some of these people. And, and, and God help us because I go to the mall and I, I'm not sure, and I'm not being unkind. I don't know if it's the mall or the zoo sometimes. You go in there and you're thinking, good night. What have these people done to their bodies? And the reality is, is they can be saved. If the madman of Gadarenas can get saved, if the prostitute, the woman at the well can get saved, are you with me? If Nicodemus can get saved, if Zacchaeus can get saved, who else is out there that can get saved? God wants us to reach a people. Secondly, this, have compassion. 1 John 3, 17, But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up the bowels of, of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Now, you know, when I read that, you might think, well, this is a material thing. It says, if I have to give, then I should give it. I want to tell you something. What you do have that's more valuable is you have salvation. You ought to tell somebody about it. Amen? You have the good news. You have something more valuable than anything physical that you can put in your hands. You have salvation. Salvation is what we can share with another. That is so valuable. And listen, have you had the desire to make a difference do you realize what really makes a difference is the good news? It makes a difference in people's lives. When, when someone who is unsaved really gets saved, <laughs> things begin to change for them. 
Their lives begin to change. And they receive an opportunity. And listen, what we want to do is we want to direct them to God. We want to direct them to his glory. We want to direct them to him. We don't want to rob God of his glory. We want to give God the glory. Amen? And we want to turn them over to him. We are to do so that others might see our good works. And you say, what are those good works? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is the light of the world. Now, my Bible says, let your light so shine before men. What should we be lit up with? What should be our light? It should be Jesus Christ. Jesus is the light of the world. He says so in John chapter 8 and verse 12. And when I read the Bible here in Matthew 5, 16, he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Now notice this, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let me ask you something. Does Christ glorify God? (laughs) And so what is the light that I should be shining? Not my own good works, but the works that my Father has sent me to do should shine before men. Jesus showed compassion for many reasons. And listen, there's many people out there. Sometimes he did it for spiritual leadership. He was trying to increase men's leadership abilities. And so he had compassion on them at times, didn't he? And he's trying to raise them up. How many of you realize Peter messed up a lot, guys? I mean, he said some dumb stuff. I mean, I, I walk with Peter side by side because I'm thinking, man, I, Peter, I understand, man. <laughs> I really do. I know what it is to say dumb stuff. And Peter did it often. And, and the thing of it is, is God turned that man's life around, didn't he? And God used him in a miraculous way. But Christ had compassion so that he could build spiritual leaders, didn't he? He wasn't always pointing out their faults. He was forgiving their faults a lot of times. Hey, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you. What did he do for Peter? When's the last time you realized Satan's trying to affect his life, whom is a Christian, and you prayed for him? Because you can see Satan's trying to intervene in their life. He said, hey, I prayed for you. He had compassion on Peter, didn't he? I just want you to consider tonight. Not only did he do it for that, he did it at times for sickness. Cheryl's in the hospital. We need to pray for her. Uh, Stephanie Birch is sick, folks. We need to pray for her. Miss Ann's getting ready to go into surgery now in, in, uh, or, uh, for a procedure in April now, middle April. We need to pray for her. I'm not talking just about the cataracts. She's got things wrong with her stomach. And, and we need to pray. Why? And have compassion. Hey, don't you... Appreciate it when someone prays for you, (laughs) especially when something's going wrong for you. Jesus had compassion. Do you know one of the things I like to do is when I go knock on doors, Brother Chris, Brother Jim, remember this. When you knock on that door and you've talked to that person, Brother Craig, and and they reject the gospel, they reject anything, just do this. Say, well, is there anything I can pray for you before I go? And there are people who maybe won't listen to the gospel, but they'll let you pray for them. Then when I start praying, guess what I start praying about? Lord, help them to see the light. <laughs> Amen? Help them to get it. But do you know what? You may be the only person in their life that's ever prayed for them. Is there anything I can pray for you about? Now, don't be dumb like me. I forgot the guy's name. I called him Mike. His name was Dennis. Amen? Don't do that. Remember the name. Brother Angle said, you did a good prayer, Pastor. But he said, I'm going to tell you right now, his name was Dennis, not Mike. <laughs> But pray for them. 
When you're in a restaurant, you're getting ready to pray for your meal, ask the waiter or the waitress, is there anything I can pray for you about? You might be the only person that has ever asked them, can I pray for you? Have compassion. Sickness, maybe. Illness, nourishment. Uh, he tried to spiritually nourish these folks. He, he, he did it in a way with compassion. He did it physically, too. Here we see that he's going to feed the 5,000. But what else did he do? He tried to feed them spiritually, didn't he? Tried to show them things. When they were diseased, when they were demon-possessed, when all those things were going on, he had compassion on them. Jude 22, 23, and if some have compassion, doing what, folks? Making a difference. And if some have what? Compassion, making a difference. When I look to the scriptures, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Not hating them. Not hating them. Hating the garment. Amen? What has stained them? That's what we despise. Brethren, if a man be overtaken and fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such one in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceiveth himself, doesn't he? Folks, we're nothing without Christ. Amen? We need him, and we need to let others know he's available for them. Have compassion. It's easy to see faults. And it's, you know, you, you, can, you can look at anybody's life and and point it out. The easiest thing in the world to do is to be a judge. Because <laughs> you're just pointing out all their faults and you can see them. The harder thing to do is to have some compassion and say, you know what, I'm going to love them through it. I'm going to try to help them. And I'll tell you, it's hard sometimes. And folks, your pastor has. He's worked with drug addicts. He's worked with people and, and have helped them try to get to a level and, and to watch them wallow back in the mire, to go back as a, as, as a dog returning unto his own vomit, going back into the pollutions of the world. Yeah, I've seen it, but I can't have any less compassion on them because they do it. I need to have more compassion. I need to reach back out to them because that's what they're doing. They're destroying their lives. And you have compassion. Mature Christians are to be filled with compassion. Last thought is this, and I'll finish with this tonight. The Lord wants the mature Christian to stand and teach what is right. And I challenged you with this already. Once Jesus reached the people through his compassion, he was then able to teach them. And I want to tell you something. People are more open to you. When you show compassion on someone, they'll listen to you. They'll listen to you more than they'll listen to anybody else. They'll listen to you before they listen to Rush Limbaugh or Oprah Winfrey or Dr. Phil. <laughs> they'll listen to you. If you show compassion, and it's genuine, it's sincere, and you're really kind, and you're considerate. Uh, when looking at others, have compassion. Because, you know, I really thought about this today. In, in 1 Corinthians 6.11, the Bible says, such were some of you. We were just like that. We were just like them. <laughs> and what did we receive? The grace of God and the mercy of God is what we received. How do we get it? The good news. Amen? We received it by the good news. And he began to teach them. And think about this. After leading someone to Christ, don't expect the scriptures uh, uh, to, to already be fluent in their life. That, that, and don't set expectations for them that God never even placed on you. And sometimes we win someone to the Lord and our expectations are up here somewhere. And man, they don't know anything. My pastor was so patient with me. I used to have license plates that said Pink Floyd on it. And one night, I said, I'll give you a ride home. He said, that's all right. He said, Sharon's going to come by. I said, well, I'm going right by your house. I could just drop you off. He goes, no, Sharon and I are probably going to go have a yogurt or something and all this stuff. Years later, 
he told me, he goes, you know, I didn't even know what a Pink Floyd was, but I didn't want to be seen in your car. And the thing of it is, is that he had enough compassion on me not to try to destroy me at that time. And it wasn't that he was lying. Sharon was actually coming over, and they were actually going to go get a cup of coffee or a yogurt. And if they weren't, they were that night. Because he wasn't going home in that truck. I still couldn't figure it out. I was like, I don't know why. I'm going to go right past your house, you know. And the thing of it is, is that sometimes we have to die to self, don't we? And we have to try to win the loss. Teaching them what? Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. What's he commanded us? To love one another. What's he commanded us? To teach others also, Right? He's commanded us to do these things. A mature Christian takes on that responsibility. I don't have time to go through it, but just read Titus chapter uh, uh, 2. Read verses 1 through 7. He challenges the ladies, but he also challenges the men. And that we ought to be a pattern for them. We ought to be someone they can look to, a type, a a, a person that they can turn to and look to and make a difference. And Jesus went beyond compassion and taught them the truth on how to live. And we have to do that the right way. We can't just... Do it uh, in a way of setting expectations on people that God never even sets on us. Bring them in, teach them the word, discipleship, and listen, let the Holy Spirit work in their life. Don't become the Holy Spirit in their life. You're not the Holy Spirit, by the way, amen? And when we try to bring conviction on people as the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, you're in the wrong job. (laughs) You better watch what you're doing. Jim puts a sign up on Sunday mornings. I see it up here. Uh, Don't judge others just because you sin different than they do. Something like that to that effect. Am I getting close? I see that. Don't judge people just because they sin differently than you do. By the way, we're all sinners saved by grace. Amen? We're all sinners. So what does God desire for us to do? He wants us to reach people. We have to do it with compassion. And here's the thing. Don't be afraid to teach them the truth. But you're not going to teach them the truth unless you have some compassion on them. You're not going to teach them the truth if you're not trying to reach them. But when you reach somebody and you have compassion on them, God will open that door that you'll have an opportunity to teach them. Let's pray. Father, thank you. And Lord, help us to make a difference. Lord, making a difference requires compassion. And Lord, as mature Christians, help us to have some compassion on the lost. Ministering to the weak, building others spiritually, Lord, up in the the words of faith, nourishing them up, Lord. God, you told us in your word, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever you commanded us. And so, Lord, help us to do just that. I pray for every soul that's here tonight, Lord, that you would motivate us this week, Lord, just to go out and see the people.